Thank you, Daniel. My name is Ron Cole. I'm one of the pastors here at Hillside. Welcome to each and every one of you. Welcome to those of you who are watching online. Uh, we're in a series right now, and we're calling it The Ways of Discipleship. And what we're looking at is what are the different tools God uses to grow us up? God calls us to become more like Jesus, to grow deeper in our relationship with Him. And, and so we've said, what are those ways of discipleship, those tools that God uses to bring us up? Now, we need to remember we are saved by, by God's grace, 100%. We are loved. You are loved unconditionally. When you accept Jesus Christ, you are totally forgiven, totally saved, all right? But, but having been saved now in that grace, by that grace, God also still works on us. God also still shapes us. God also still, still moves us. And one of the ways that God does that and, and draws us closer to him is through prayer. And we've been talking about that now for a couple of weeks. We said that prayer is, is simply communicating with God. It's, it's communicating with God, and that means that prayer is talking to God, and that's probably what most of us think about first when we think about prayer, but prayer is also listening to God, and we're going to talk more about that today. But I wanted to, to remind you of something that I, I, I think has helped my prayer life pretty significantly, and, and I, I, the, this is stuff that I'm still learning in a sense. Um, when we pray, I want you to just think about this, all right? When we pray, we are talking to God. Capital G, God. And by that I mean God is holy. God is other. God is perfect. He is all-powerful. He is the one who created everything. He is God. And, and, and I think for many of us, that's, again, we have a sense of talking to God, all right? And, and that's that He is God way out there. But just think about this. Prayer is so important, not because God is way out there, but because God is close, and Jesus invited us to talk to our Father by saying, our Father. Yes, God is always God. God is always holy. God is always big and powerful. But I get to come into his presence and I get to call him Daddy. I get to call him Father. I, I think I'm learning to wrap my mind around that. I think I am learning that. But the next thing that's been challenging me is to recognize that Jesus pushes this just a little bit further in John 15, he says amazing words. Verse 15, he says to his disciples and he says to all of those who belong to him, I no longer call you servants or slaves. I've called you friends. When you talk to God, when you pray, you are talking to a friend. And that just is hard for most of us to grasp. I mean, it would be like, uh, I mean, it's 10 times, 1,000 times more. But imagine that one of your high school friends you know, a high school friend gets elected president of the United States, and you go to visit her, all right? She, she's the president of the United States. You go to visit her, and you walk in, and it's like, I don't know how to relate to you. And she's like, I'm still your friend. I'm still me. What's going on? you got to run the whole world. You're the leader of the free world. You don't have time to... No, tell me about your baby, Right? That's what we have when we pray. We come into God's presence, but he wants to be our friend. Dallas Willard said this, and I think he's right, but like I said, this is something I'm still trying to wrap my mind around, and I think it changes the dynamic of prayer significantly. But Dallas Willard says that God has created us for intimate friendship with himself, both now and forever. God didn't create us first and foremost to serve him, though we do. God didn't create us first and foremost to give him glory, though we do. He created us first and foremost out of love to be his friend. And, and 
to imagine trying to recognize that the creator of everything is my friend. Some of you know Mark Eastberg, who's the CEO at Pine Rest. I, I feel like that with Mark sometimes. Mark's a pretty big deal. And yet every other week we go out for lunch. And he wants to know what's going on. And he wants to share what's going on with him. And I'm thinking, Mark, don't you realize I'm a little fish? You're a big fish. You should be spending time with other big fish. And he said, Ron, we've been friends for 35 years. I want to be with my friend. I, I think about that and say, whoa, can I do that with God? <laughs> can I learn to recognize and live as a friend of God? I, I don't know about you, but for me, because now if I'm praying, I'm talking to my father, I'm talking to the Holy One, but I'm also talking to my friend. I'm talking to my brother, Jesus Christ. I'm, it, and, and, and so, yes, we talk to God, and, and we talked about that last week, and we listen to God. And that's what I want to think about with you this week, <laughs> listening to God. And I want to make two introductory kind of comments, general ones, and then I want to just get into really one basic question. I had three, and I kept saying it's too long. So I'm going to get into one basic question. But two introductory comments. First of all, I want us to recognize that, that when we talk about listening to God, God speaks to us in several ways. Okay? And I want to mention four of them uh, at this point here. Four of them that God speaks to us. And so when we think about listening to God, uh, the first way God speaks to us is through his word, through the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is inspired by God. This is God's word. It is through the Bible that God speaks to us most clearly and most trustworthily. That's the one, and I'm very comfortable with that, saying that book is God's word. The Bible is God's word, and God speaks to us through it, all right? No problem there. God speaks through his creation. Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies uh, pour forth or reveal his wonders, the works of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. The heavens declare the glory of God. All right, when we look at the world around us, God speaks to us. Not quite as clearly. The word is clear. The word is the main one. But God also speaks through creation. God speaks through other people. Again, 1 Peter 4.11 says, when you speak to one another, speak is speaking the very words of God. Sometimes you bring me God's word. You do it best when you're quoting scripture. This one's not as trustworthy. I've had times where people have said, God told me to tell you this. I said, I think he had the wrong address, and I didn't listen, because <laughs> I don't think God told them to tell him that. But sometimes God does speak to us through other people. Those are fairly easy for me. Really, they are. Those are no, it's this fourth one, when God speaks through the Holy Spirit. This is the one that gets challenging. <laughs> this is the one that gets confusing, at least a little bit. But the Bible makes it clear this happens. John 16, verse 13 says this, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but what? He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Jesus says to his disciples, when I'm gone, the Holy Spirit will talk to you. The Holy Spirit will tell you something. The Holy Spirit will guide you into truth. Okay. We look at the book of Acts, and, and we could do this for a long time. But Philip, one of the disciples again, one of the apostles, is, is there, and the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Okay. Clearly, Philip, this was God speaking to him. The Holy Spirit was talking to him. Well, maybe it was just the apostles. Well, in, in Acts 13, we get an entire church that hears God speaking to them. The church in Antioch is praying, right? While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, 
set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And so the Holy Spirit talked to them and as a church, and they, this was the start of the first missionary journey. So God speaks to us in those four ways. Like I said, the first three I'm really comfortable with. The fourth one, I got to tell you, I get a little nervous about it. And, 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 and so that's kind of my second introductory comment. My first one is that, look, it recognize God speaks to us most clearly through his word. That I can say for sure. What God says in his word is what God says. But God also, I think, speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. Now, when I think about that, again, this is my second intro kind of thing, is speaking to us, I have two minds. One is, and my guess is many of you will be able to relate to this, but I have to confess to being somewhat skeptical. Um, I, 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 I'll be honest with you, I've never heard an audible voice from God. I wish I could stand here and say, God said to me these words. I have never heard an audible voice. It doesn't mean I don't think I've got leadings. It doesn't mean I don't think God has spoken to me. But I, it, it's never been in an audible voice. Some people hear an audible voice from God a lot. I haven't, okay? I, I get skeptical of this because it can so easily be used to manipulate and control other people. I, I've had this before. Again, when somebody, one, one of the, you're having a discussion with somebody, maybe even a dispute with somebody, and, and the, the ace, the trump card is, well, God told me to do this. How do you argue with that one? God told me to do this. God told me you're supposed to do this. No, I can argue with it, but, but it's, it's like so many times, and, and again, I think pastors have done this. Yeah, God is calling us to do this. God is calling us, God told me clearly to go do this. But I've had people say to me, you know, I felt like God left me, led me to this other person. No, God did not lead you to this other person. God did not lead you to, to adultery. God did not do but But, oh, no, but uh, God, you know, and, and it can be used to control and manipulate others, can be used for an excuse. Hey, don't blame me. God told me. I don't want to take responsibility for my actions. So God told me. We're so good at fooling ourselves. So good at saying, you know what? Oh, oh this was from God. I know it. This is clearly God leading. And so I find myself skeptical. I, the word of God, no problem. The creation, no problem. Other people, I'm, I'm, I'm going to evaluate that. But boy, when people say the Holy Spirit spoke to me directly, I'm somewhat skeptical. But, but, but I'm also deeply convicted. I am so deeply convicted about this because the Bible makes it clear that God does want to communicate with us. Right? I mean, it's clear that if, if we are in Christ, the Holy Spirit is alive in us and he wants to talk to us. And I want to do what he wants me to do. I don't want to leave anything on the table, so to speak. I want to get into it. So, so on the one hand, the Bible wants us to communicate this. Again, I have sensed times where I believe that, that God was leading me, where God was giving me a word from him. Sometimes it'll happen it, 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 with some, on a Sunday morning. Didn't, it's particularly this morning. But sometimes when, um, when I'm kind of nervous or when I'm worried about something and I feel like the service isn't going really well, it'll feel like the Holy Spirit just is like, uh, Ron, do you, do you believe what you're singing? Do you really, come on, it's not about you, it's going to be okay, I've got this. I've got this. And I, and I, and I genuinely believe that is from God. That, that God is kind of saying, Ron, you, you got it. So I, I've, I've experienced those sorts of things. And, and I have to confess, people I trust. It would be nice if only and I use this term in Christian love, only the wackos heard God's voice. But no, I, but I mean, right, there are some people who are way out there. But I have people who are very conservative who said, this is the only time 
But right at this point, God said something to me. And this is exactly what he said. I have a friend who's a pastor who said, I was playing the organ in church, and that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And he said, God said, no, you're supposed to be preaching. And it was a voice. So I trust him. So I get, anyway, so I find myself with both of these things. And if you do, welcome to the club. And I, I, I don't think I'll resolve this until I die or Jesus comes back. But, but I, I think, you know, on the one hand, it's okay to be skeptical again, for those reasons I gave. But we also, I think, need to be deeply convicted. If God is our friend, if God is our father, he wants to talk to us. He wants to be in a relationship to, with us. All right, let's get into the main thing I want to say here, the main thing I want to talk about. And, and, and it's, what I want to talk about is motivation. I had another whole section that I, about, well, what do we do? How do we hear the voice of God? I'll, I'll write something up and give it to you later. But, but, but I really, I think what's most important is what is our motivation in this? Why do we want to hear from God? What are we looking for when we want to hear from God? When I say, God, I, I want to hear you. I want to, I, why do I want to do that? I, I really believe if we get this question right, in a sense, the rest of it's going to take care of itself. You, you won't need to worry about technique. Um, but why do I want to hear a word from God? Let me start with three not-so-good reasons. Uh, and, and again, this is, I think, why I'm skeptical. If, if, if this is your reason, I'm going to be very skeptical that you hear from God, all right? So three, three and, and they're all tempting, <laughs> They're all tempting, but the first one of a not-so-good reason to want to hear from God is so that I can get insider information. Right, we live on looking at the future, and we don't know what's going on. God does. God knows what's going to happen. And so, God, I want to hear from you because I want a tip to know to make my life go better. I, 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 you know, you know what's going to happen. You remember the game show, Let's Make a Deal? It's still on, apparently. Wayne Brady does it. I don't know if anybody watches it. But at the end of Let's Make a Deal, they would have the deal of the day where one of the contestants would be able to trade in whatever he or she had won, and, and they would get to be able to choose one of three doors. Behind one of the doors was the big deal of the day, $20,000 in cash, a brand new car, a trip around the world. There was a one that was great, oftentimes one or two that were, okay, a new television, maybe a new motor scooter, something like that, but not bad. And then occasionally you could get the zonk. I think that's an alpaca, but I don't know. But basically nothing, right? And so there you are, and you have to choose one of these three. And you wish you could get insider information, Right? You wish you could somehow get a tip on that. I think that's why a lot of us say, God, I want to hear from you. Because we want to get a tip. And say, you know, and so, so we look at it and we say, well, God, am I supposed to move to this city, this city, or this city? Door number one, two, or three. Am I supposed to go to this college, this college, or this college, or university? Am I supposed to take this job, that job, or that job? Are we Are supposed to buy this house, this house, or this house? It happens to all of us a lot, right? And, and we just want to say, God, tell us. Tell us which is the, the, the big deal of the day. God, help us. Just I want to hear from you because I want it to go the way it, it should go. But friends, God's purpose is not to help us avoid all the trouble in life. In John 16, Jesus says, you know what? In this world, you will face trouble. I know this. I'm big enough. I'm strong enough. Be of good cheer. 
That, that, that God does not sort of want to say, well, you know, and, and we have, again, some of it's tied into what we call the health and wealth gospel, where preachers are saying, God wants you to be rich, God wants you to never be sick, and so, you, and so if you just listen, he'll tell you where door number bonus big deal is. Friends, if that's why you want to hear from God, I will not trust the word you get. <laughs> you should not trust the word you get. God's not into giving inside information to those who he thinks deserve it for whatever reason. That's the first reason. The second is kind of connected to it. We'll do this one a little more quickly. But it's, it, it's to find the one thing that God wants me to doing, be doing at this moment. In the first one, I say, God, I want to hear from you because I want my life to go better. The second one says, God, I want to hear from you because I want to do what you want me to do. That's better, right? But sometimes we do it in such a way, let's go back to let's make a deal, where we say, God, I know your good and perfect will is one thing for me. And, and I don't want to be, I want to be in the center of your will. Maybe I've heard Christians use that language. I want to be in the center of your will. I want to do, because I don't want second best. And there's one of these doors that's the center of your will. There's one of these jobs that's the center of your will. And you won't hurt me or you know, hate me if I get the wrong one, but I want to get the right, better motivation, right? Better motivation. But still, we need to recognize God's will is not a single path in every situation, okay? God does not, there's not like the center of God's will and anything else is less than what God wanted you to do. Friends, I think if we look at scripture I, over and over again, and if we want to talk longer about it, but there might be several things that God would be happy to have us do, okay? There's not like door number one, otherwise you're not in the center of his will. You could be in the center of his will doing four, five, ten different things, possibly. Dallas Willard again, I'll recommend his book at the end, but Dallas Willard asks us to think about it something like this. Imagine that you are a parent, or you're babysitting kids, whatever. All right, five and a seven-year-old. They're in the backyard, and they come running up to you and say, Daddy, did you want us to play on the swings or the seesaw or in the sandbox? Which one is the right one, Daddy? What do you want us to play? We want to please you, Daddy, so which one should we play in? Now, you might laugh and tell them something, but in reality, you're going to say, are you crazy? I want, whatever you, I want you to have fun. I want you to be kind and gentle and serve each other and love each other. That's what I want. But whether you're on the swings or the seesaw, that's Either is fine, right? And, and I think God says that to us so often. We're saying, oh God, I want to, do you want me on the swings or the seesaw? Do you want me here or here? See, here's, here's something that happens. We want to hear from God because we get concerned about where we are. Am I in the right job? Am I in the right city? Am I in the right house? Am I in what I, we get concerned where we are. I think God is so much more concerned with who we are, wherever we are. I, I, I think God isn't concerned as much. And again, I always want to check. I want to say, God, is there something specific here? But I think more often than not, God would say, you, A or B, it's fine. Just be my person there. All right? So if you think, you know what, I want to hear the will of God because there's only one thing and I want to be right in the center of it, you are going to drive yourself and perhaps, I mean, I don't think you can drive God crazy, but I think God sometimes does get a little frustrated, um, just like a parent would who says, well, you can decide. I would love to have you do either. 
And then the last one, I'm just getting to be labeled a super Christian. If you want to hear from God so that you can say, God told me, he didn't have to talk to you. All right, enough of that one. All right, so now I want to give four good reasons. Four good reasons why. And each one of these will lead to a prayer that I use as I'm trying to listen for God's leading, as I'm trying to listen for that. So four good reasons according to the Bible, okay? The first is just to grow in my relationship with God. I want to hear from God because I'm trying to be his friend. I want to hear from God because he's my dad. And I want to grow deeper and more intimate in that relationship. If, if Willard is right, and I think he is, that God created us to love us, to be in intimate friendship with us, I just want to, I want to get, let that friendship grow. I want to nurture it. I want it to get stronger, healthy relationships. People spend time talking with each other. And, and if my relationship with God is going to be ha- healthy, I want to just be able to hear what he says. So to grow in our relationship with God. Second thing, the second thing that, that I'm, I'm thinking about when I, when I want to hear from God, the second reason I think we want to do it is to see if there's anything in particular that God wants me to be thinking about. Here's what I mean by that is, is, is not necessarily God, what exactly, you know, what, but God, and I will do this. One of the things that I'm trying that seems to be helpful for me, I don't know if but I don't listen to the radio very often as much when I'm driving in the car. Um, I, that helps me just in the quiet to be able to listen. And I might on the way to work just say, God, anything, anything you want me to be thinking about? Any, anything that, that you want me to be aware of? And, and it might be, it might be a, a, word of, a special word of love or grace for, for me that day. That, that when I talk about kind of at the beginning of a worship service, if I'm feeling nervous and God just says, Ron, I love you, whatever. He directs my mind to a scripture or something. That's what I'm just saying, God, is there anything you want me to be thinking about? Any, any word of correction? Any word of warning? God, is it just let your spirit, in, in the spirit, again, I've never heard an audible voice. I might get a scripture that comes to mind. I might get whatever, you know, I mean, there are some that like well, James' passage about everybody should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. The Holy Spirit likes that one a lot more than I do. And the Holy Spirit wants to remind me of that over and over and over again because I'm not always very good at that. Okay, I'm sometimes lousy at it. God, is there a word of warning correction? Is there a word of guidance? And I'll just, again, just Wait. Don't, don't always get anything less than half the time. I, you know, I mean, I don't, but it's, I'm, I'm just opening the door to say, God, is there a specific thing, anything you want me to be thinking? Is there a person that you want me to be thinking about, praying for? And, and just to, to say, you know, I want to, God, I want to be thinking what you want me to think. I, I want to be aware of what you want me to be aware of. I want, I want that to be happening. So to see if there's anything uh, that God wants me to be thinking about, us to be thinking about. And, and then third, and this is, again, probably where most of us do most kind of naturally, is just to better do what God wants us to do, right? I do want to do what God wants me to do. And if there's something spe- specific that he wants me to do, I want to be available to it. So, again, for me in general... And again, if I'm doing this on my drive to work, I might just say, God, how are we doing? Anything you want me to, you know, anything you want to say to me? Anything you want me to be thinking today or right now? Wait a while. Is there something you want me to do right now? 
is there something, I'll, you know, right now you want me to do? Is, after the service, if you have a second, you walk into the foyer, you say, God, anybody particular want me to talk to? Give them five seconds. But just to be aware of that, just to say, you know, I'm not saying God, there's only one person God wants to talk, right? It's, it's just saying, God, you know, is there something in particular you want me to do? But now in specific situations, in specific situations, what I will do when I'm facing options is I'll just say, God, Father, do you have a, cho- a preference? Is, is, is there one of these three doors that you want me to pick? I, if, if there is, and if you want to somehow make it clear to me, I'm listening, and I'll just wait. And I'll drive with my eyes open, or I'll sit at my desk. But I'll just wait. It's like, I just really want to, God, be available. So do you have a preference? But more importantly, more and more, what I've been praying is, is again, God, how do we love you and love our neighbor in this situation? That's a prayer God wants to answer. God knows, he, I know whatever I am, God wants me to love him and he wants me to love my neighbor. He wants me to love my enemy. I know that's what God wants me to do. So God, how do I do that in this situation? What does love look like in my relationship with this person? What does love look like in this situation? And that's, that's what I try to ask God more and more. Not, God, what exactly do I need to do, but how, how do I love in this situation? I, I, that, that if my kid comes in, he's playing in the backyard and says, how do I love in this situation? You push your sister first, and not off the swing, nicely on the swing. You, I mean, right, it, 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 if kids want to know how to play better, you help them. How do we love in this situation? So to better do what God wants us to do. And then the fourth one, and I think this is in some ways the most important one, at least of the last three, but, but to become what God wants us to become. Become what God wants us to become. And again, this is a Dallas Willard thought that really has, has challenged me over the last several years. But think about this, okay? God did not create us to be robots, God did not create us so that we would just say, what does my programming say? I will go do this. My programming says, love my neighbor, so I will go and say, I love you, neighbor. My programming, that's not what God created. He created us with with hearts and minds and lives, and he wants us to love him and love our neighbor authentically. And, and, And so what happens is that God is more interested in developing our character than in just controlling our conduct. Think of wise parents. Okay, again, let's think about wise parents and what they do. Wise parents realize that as they're raising their kids, it's not just trying to control them in this moment. But wise parents realize that most of the time, kids are going to leave. For those of you who have kids at home, they really do leave. Sometimes they come back, but, but they really do leave. And a wise parent is parenting, recognizing, and getting kids ready to be on their own. Now, we are never on our own apart from God, okay? That's, that's not what I'm saying. But, right, a wise parent recognizes that at some point that child is going to have keys to a car, and that child is going to be able to drive, and you're not going to be there, and you want them to be able to make wise choices in that situation. That's what you want to do as a parent. You don't want your child to go to college and every day call you as the cafeteria line goes on and says, should I take chicken or beef? peas or beans, 
Red, yellow, or blue, yellow? Jello. What, 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 right? Should I do? No, we're raising kids to be adults, and God is raising us not to be robots, but to be people who love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, the people who love our neighbor as ourselves. Again, I, I think this God is more interested in developing our character than, than, than just uh, directing our conduct. Again, he cares about our conduct. Don't get me wrong. But I think God is so much more interested. And, and, and so what this means is that, again, what I'm learning to pray more of is, God, how do you look at the situation? Can you help me to see this through your eyes? What are the important things? How do I figure out, God, what's best in this situation? Not just, not just, God, just tell me what to do. It's, God, show me what my heart needs to be like. What needs to change in my heart? What needs to happen in my heart? That's a prayer God answers, right? That's what, that's what I think God is saying. Okay, Ron, what I want you to understand is this. What I want you to see is this. The way I want you to look at it is this. And, and so that's the fourth reason, to become what God wants us to become. Real quick, wrap them up together here. Four good reasons. One is to grow in our relationship with God. To think about what God wants us to think about. To do what God wants us to do. To become what God wants us to become. So, I, like I said, the four prayers that I, that I tend to pray when I'm thinking about listening to God. The first one is just, God, what's on your heart? How are you doing? I, I mean, we'd, I, I, how do you ask God? But if he's a friend, God has emotions. Guess what? God has better days and worse days. Good Friday was a really not great day for God, the Father, or the Son, or the Holy Spirit. God's got a heart. God's got feelings. God's got a, God, what's on your heart? Right? If your friend is the president, you're going to ask her, how are you just doing you? God, how, how, what's on your heart? I mean, again, he's, yes, he's always God. Yes, he's always in control. Yes, he's always perfect. But he's also a personal God. God, what's on your heart? And just to listen. Anything I should be thinking. And I'll wait. Got anything you want me to be doing? Right now, today? And God, anything you want to show me about what I'm becoming and how I can become more of what you want me to become? So think, do, becoming, all right? Heart, think, do, becoming. That's why, on the one hand, yeah, this is a lot, but on the other hand, and then just be quiet and give God time to answer. That's awkward, but just try it. Try it for 30 seconds. And, and then see if you can do a minute. And just wait. And, and again, the more we know like of Scripture, the more the Holy Spirit has in terms of option to bring it to our hearts and to our minds. All right, let's, let's again talk a little bit about resources and then we'll wrap this up. We've done this the last few weeks during the series and so on. There, going out to what used to be our main front doors there, um, there's a place where we have just a bunch of papers and, and some cards and so on. Um, I've added some new ones this week. Um, one is, again, a, a recommendation on my part about the book Hearing God by Dallas Willard. Um, obviously, I've referred to him a number of times. Um, tell you a little, he's a, he's a philosophy professor at USC, University of Southern California, so it's a lot of work. So I guess my ideas about how you might want to do that. But if you want to get that, it's a great book. Um, I can't give you, I got a Kindle, so I can't put that out there. So, um, and then, was that a word from God? 
one of the, another whole section I was going to do is just to say, how do you know if it's a word from God? And so I just thought, I'm going to put this down. And, and, and so there's a card out there with four checkpoints. It, the checkpoint of scripture, the checkpoint of wise friends, the checkpoint of servanthood, and the checkpoint of my giftedness does this. So just some things we can kind of do to say, okay, was this, you know, and, I, and it's kind of silly, but I mean, I, I sometimes will say to myself, okay, God, is this a word from you or was it like the burrito bad or something? I mean, it's not always easy to tell. And so having some checkpoints there. A prayer. I came across this this week. A prayer for listening to God. It, 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 you say it. When there's a break, you just stop for five seconds, ten seconds, whatever. Heavenly Father, I wait upon you. And then you just wait. I pause. Sit. Still my mind and still my heart. I wait upon you. So there's a, again, just, it's one of the things that can be helpful to do that. If it is, great. If not, and then the last one is, it's a practice called Lectio Divina. And it's a way of, you read a scripture passage and then you read it again, and you listen, and you read it again, and you say, God, what are you saying? And so it's just kind of, it's a fascinating exercise. It's, it's very different for many of us. Um, some point, I want to just have some times where we can do this together, not in a worship service, but I'll just say, hey, I'm going to be here. Anybody wants to join us for some Lectio Divina? Of, of, it's divine reading. It's just listening and saying, God, what are you saying to me in this passage? All right. So, friends, as we wrap this up, again, I... <laughs> Our Father in heaven is speaking to us. Our brother Jesus is speaking to us. The Holy Spirit, our friend, is speaking to us. Are we listening? I so much want to grow deeper in that relationship. I want to do, I want to think, I want to become what God wants me to become. We can be friends. Friends with God. That's amazing. Let's pray. Father, brother, friend, help us to grasp what it means to recognize that you are great and big and holy and awesome and powerful, but you're also our friend. That you're our brother, that you're our dad. That you want to just hang out with us. That you created us for intimate friendship with you. So, Father, we don't really understand that very well at all. But help us by your Spirit to learn what it means to listen as you speak to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You please stand to receive God's parting word of benediction. Again, there are going to be some folks um, in the prayer room on that side of the auditorium. If you'd like to talk with them, um, in about 10 minutes, there are going to be some folks praying in room 16 through these doors and around that way. Um, they're going to be praying specifically this morning for people who have mental illness or who are um, supporting other people with mental illness. So if you want to um, pray with them, they'll be in room 16 in about 10 minutes. Uh, and then I said at the beginning of the service, I'm cheating here a little bit, I said at the beginning of the service, there are four ways God speaks to us, right? Through his word, creation, through other people, and through the Holy Spirit. I'm going to close with a fifth. God also speaks to us through his, his supper, through communion. And next week, Sunday, we're going to close the service by coming to the table of our Lord together. So I mentioned it today to say, be ready to have God speak to you. Be ready to listen to God say, I love you. I forgive you. We're going to do that together as God speaks to us through communion.
People of God, as you go from this place, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ goes with you. Amen.